Welcome back to Lime Podcast. I want to start today thanking those of you that leave reviews on iTunes. We greatly appreciate that. I want to thank Primal Durability. It says, thank you, Aaron. This podcast has been so beneficial to my mind and body. I'm now taking a much more longevity-based approach to my fitness and I'm utilizing knowledge you provide. Very grateful for your brother. Thank you so much for that, Primal Durability. If y'all are interested in leaving some reviews on this podcast, um, we have a giveaway for you from our show sponsor, Blue Blocks. Uh, Blue Blocks is the styliest pair of blue blocking sunglasses that I have come across and um, super valuable to have a pair of those in your life. I use them all the time when I'm traveling, anytime I'm in airports, um, even around the house. If it's in the evening hours, once that sun goes down, your body starts veering towards a trajectory of falling off to sleep which means you start releasing all sorts of melatonins and kind of down regulatory hormones through your bloodstream. And when you expose yourself to blue lights coming off of those, whatever you got, lights on your cell phone or computer or lamps, all that stuff, it sends a signal to your physiology to wake the freak up because it's morning time and you can protect that using some blue blockers. So get yourself a pair of blue blocks. You can get 15% off using the line code. Uh, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash align. Get yourself 15% off or you can win yourself a pair of blue blocks by leaving us a review and then give blue blocks a follow on Instagram. So uh, next Monday, we'll be announcing the a winner of the, they're giving you a free pair of daytime, nighttime, and a sleep mask. So pretty big deal. Um, leave your Instagram handle in the review and we will announce lucky winner next week. Um, so thanks so much for that. Um, today's guest was Dr. Christian Gonzalez. Christian is a bad mofo in the world of functional medicine. Uh, he specializes in oncology and we get into all sorts of interesting wormholes in the realm of what the freak cancer is in the first place. Does it have some value perhaps in the world? What is the meaning of cancer? Um, and just a lot of really interesting stuff. I really love this conversation. It was recorded here in front of my sauna in Santa Monica and just good stuff. Really enjoyed it. Um, thanks so much for tuning to the website, alignpodcast.com, A-L-I-G-N podcast.com on there. You can start the five day movement challenge, which people have been devouring. And, um, I appreciate y'all's gratitude for that. It's five fundamental movement patterns that everybody ought to have in their daily existence. And it's simple, it's free. And it's at the, uh, very first thing you'll see at alignpodcast.com. All right. I think we're good. Um, thanks so much for tuning into this conversation and, uh, thanks to folks that have started the Align Method online program, um, grab the Align band, all that stuff can be found at alignpodcast.com or at alignpodcast on the Instagram. All right, here we go back to the show with Dr. Kristen Gonzalez. Align podcast. So most of us are, are treating health more like symptom management yeah. in western culture yep yeah, i mean so you go you go in you have uh you have a cough and it's not going away then you know they'll get a physical exam maybe they'll get a culture but you'll probably just get antibiotics yeah you know could be viral but you're on antibiotics and it has an effect there's a cause and effect to everything but the antibiotics is something that is like you know can cause a lot of damage where does that come from? Is that like germ theory or what, where it's like the origination of, a, of the transition into that? It, it, it was more so when we started bringing in pharmaceuticals into medicine, right? Because pharmaceuticals then had a place into that germ theory. Like we can kill off this, right? There's, if we have a weapon, 
in the form of a medicine, then we can take care of the symptom, right? So it became more targeted and it saved many lives, but also at the expense of what our body is trying to do with symptoms, right? Mm. So I say like symptoms are, are the manifestation of something deeper, right? You get persistent eczema, you know, you can't really just go corticosteroids, you're good, you're cured. But you get that persistent eczema, there's something going on deeper, probably in your gastrointestinal um, system or probably just with the food you keep eating. So there's so many, the body talks and we just kind of don't listen. And then we'd certainly suppress when, it, when we give it medications that it doesn't need. Yeah. There was a quote that you had on your, on your gram of, uh, what's the guy, Sir William, Sir Osler. Wallace. Osler. Yeah. Do you know what that was? He said the, the, the mm. sense of the, I'm going to try to butcher, then you can say it right. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I know exactly what you it is. It. <laughs> <laughs> it, I put it on so long ago and it really <laughs> resonated with me, but it went along the lines like the organs weep the tears that the eyes refuse to weep or something along those lines. That's real good. Um, and he's, that's one of, considered one of the fathers of modern medicine. Which right? is wild. Which is wild, right? Because uh, the mole folks, they kind of knew what they were doing, right? Because yeah. they saw the bigger picture. They weren't just like, here, come in, take this, go home. But they saw deeper stuff, right? And they even integrated some food. They integrated some emotional, mental emotional. But Sir William there was really referring to what emotional suppression does long term. Right. We, we, we've come into this culture and this is what we spoke about kind of on the podcast about, especially masculinity, where we just suck up all these emotions and we swallow them. And we go, yeah, man. I'm a man. What do you mean? I'm supposed to be this way. Yeah. And the body takes count. It takes toll. Right. If there's a little check off every time you keep swallowing those emotions without integrating them properly. But you know what? As men, we're not even taught how to. Right? We grew up in this machismo culture, especially me being in a Latin culture. You know, that's very machismo. It's like, you don't cry, you're tough. And then when it's time to learn how to integrate emotions properly, we don't know how to. Then we meet a girl who teaches us how to do it. And then we go, oh my God, is this love? When in the meantime, we're just learning how to really integrate those emotions, which we never did. Mm. It's, it's a pretty crazy cycle for us men, but... In general, yeah, William Osler was on fire with that quote, so I had to put it up. It was one of the best, best received uh, posts. Hmm. So, where do you do? So, do you think like the beginning of us leaning towards pharmaceutical drugs was kind of like an origination of, of looking out and s as opposed to within? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, in many ways, in the medical culture, yes, certainly that changed the game, right? Because early eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, you know, the medicine was more holistic right there was so many naturopathic colleges open and then um and then came this investigation which was put out by the pharmaceutical industry and um that was a morris fishbein's uh investigation if i'm correct and then um it basically was seeking to shut down all of these colleges which were really teaching people how to treat folks holistically mm. And then came the outflow, and th that changed the game because then all of these schools, which had a holistic approach, were shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. We're talking about chiropractic colleges, naturopathic colleges, um, other colleges, I don't know, maybe acupuncture, but uh, certainly chiropractic and naturopathic. They shut down, and then came the conventional medical paradigm. Then came the advent of things like antibiotics, and then that just changed the game too, right? Because then, then we found a way to be like, okay, you're sick, take this, instead of any other options. 
Nothing else, because we have a miracle cure now, a cure-all. But now we're learning, especially in the past 15 years, how that affects the whole body. Now, I'm certainly not against antibiotics, because if I go into the woods, I cut my foot, and I get a deadly infection, please give me some antibiotics. I don't want to die. But the way we're prescribing them is it, there's, it, it's overprescribed, and we're not looking at the consequence of what it does to the microbiome. Hmm. And, and it does shift the microbiome. Sometimes it comes back, but sometimes there's a long, long-term shift, particularly when we see it in children early, early on. Um, and, that, and that can predispose those children to later things like eczema and asthma. So it, we need to do better, at least educating each other to know that there's other options when a kid has a cold, yeah. when you're feeling like you have a stomach issue. Right. And maybe you maybe you ate some crappy food and it's not going away. Maybe there's other things we can do because there is. Um, sir. Yeah, that's that's sort of along the lines. Yeah, of that's rem- remind me of um, like looking into I was looking into the, the effects of uh, those like disinfectant bottles of, you know, whatever yeah. people carry around. Yeah. And I don't remember what the one of the leading or one of like the main main is like tricillium or some kind of thing. Triclosan. Yes. Thanks thanks for knowing that. Yeah, exactly. And then that ends up leading to um, resistance of antibiotics. It certainly does. So it's like is we're if we're skirting too much on just this superficial layer, Mm -hmm. it's almost like what we potentially end up doing is we end up just teaching that layer to adapt to our tricks. Meanwhile, we forgot about looking on the internal parts Certainly. and then the internal part kind of atrophies yeah. and then we're dependent on these external parts yeah. and then we're like in this really we're in like this bind yeah and that's like <laughs> that's like sort of a rule in all things with the body right like yeah. there's atrophy there's hypertrophy but something like we we've we've come to a place where I'm hoping that we're at a crossroads, but for the past few years, everyone goes, oh, no, my kid got to be, we need hand sanitizer. We need to keep my kid clean, sanitized in a bubble. But what we see is that affects the balance of the immune system, right? So now these kids are predisposed to things like allergies in the future, right? Just by um, disrupting their skin microbiome or their gut microbiome and their skin bacteria. So we can do much better. Um, If I had a kid, certainly that kid would be rolling around in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they, they sell. Uh, I go to like these like ancestral health conferences and stuff, and they like sell essentially dirt spray. Yeah. And I'm like you. They they you they figured it, it out. Like, <laughs> they figured it out. They're like, oh, <laughs> I'm making millions on dirt spray or dirt capsules. <laughs> dirt capsules. You know, but but it's it, it's so crazy because we were talking about this on the podcast. We've evolved with nature, right? So. Children evolved rolling around in the dirt. Children didn't evolve with an- antibiotics are new. Yep. When you look at the whole timeline of humanity, antibiotics are new. They're a little speck in our timeline. Our body still hasn't come near to adapting to it. And again, I will say I am not against antibiotics. When you need it, you need it. But they are overprescribed and our children are being affected. We're being affected. So, yeah, if you have a kid, please don't be afraid about having that kid roll around on the floor. You know, don't be afraid about having the kid um there's a little dirt on the vegetables you don't need to scrub it off right yeah we're good well it makes them fear their environment and then then you get into like we were talking about before like you are your environment you are the air you are the sun like Mm -hmm. you know it sounds like some native american shamanistic something but it's it's like no it's like if you think you're separated you just haven't looked at it close enough certainly you know, and if you start to develop some type of pathological fear of your environment, you're developing a fear of yourself, I think. 
And then I wonder if there's any bridge into like autoimmune disorders and things like that, where it's like, oh, we're like attacking ourselves. Yeah. You know, and then perhaps could the, maybe the, the cells be listening as well. Yeah. You make a good doctor, man. Oh, that's, right. that's, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Because like, think about it. Like we have to have to stress mind and body. What is autoimmune disease? Okay. Look, physiologically, we can say it starts with gut permeability and there's all of these different types of foreign proteins uh, floating around the blood and your body goes, oh, no, 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 we need to attack it and, and then starts mistaking, quote unquote, different parts of the body and then you have an autoimmune process, right? Yep. I don't believe the body makes mistakes, ever. I believe right. it's way more sophisticated than any doctor, anyone, any, any scientist, anyone who says they know the body better than anyone in the world doesn't come close to understanding the intelligence and wisdom of the body, mm -hmm. right? It, it, we can try to explain fully the process of clotting when you have a cut, but we don't even know the full process. So how can we ever claim that we know the full process of autoimmune disease? All we know is that we can quiet the immune system with immunosuppressant drugs, but what, what other layer is there, right? Is it a boundary thing? Are you, is your personality one that doesn't draw boundaries? And the immune system goes, okay, well, I'm not going to draw boundaries. We have to think maybe something a little bit deeper mind-body-wise because you can't just treat the body and go, hey, your autoimmune disease is gone. You have to treat it every single way, right? What are they eating? What is their mental state, right? Do they have a sense of purpose? We talked about all this, right? Do they fear the environment? Are we outside like the sun? I did a whole thing on Instagram about the importance of grounding, just being barefoot. And the best thing that I was seeing is these parents putting their children on the sand or on the dirt and taking videos of it. Like, this is what we're made to do. So, um, yeah, we need to get back to our roots, get back to nature. How do people start doing that? How, how do you start coaching a, a patient in some of those more like alternative in quotations mm -hmm. or holistic mm -hmm. approaches without them rolling their eyes? <laughs> well, well, the, the way we're doing it, we talk about how we evolved with this, right? Our body knows this more than it does this protocol that I'm going to give you of supplements to help your gut, right? Yeah. Our body is more familiar with these whole foods in its whole form, right? Instead of you picking up a protein bar, right? That is organic, but it's, it's still processed, right? Our body recognizes this stuff. So when you put it out to people and me in particular with clients and patients, I say, look, this is how we evolved. It's very easy. And then when you say the word cheap, they go, wait a minute, wait, I'm paying attention now. It's cheap. Yeah, right. You mean to tell me I'm going to spend 150 on these pro supplements and then I could do this. You know, that's, it's another story. So the problem is, folks, it's, it's very ironic. We evolve like this. There's utmost importance, but it's the most resistant thing for people, mm. right? To get outside, to get some sun. Well, it seems too good to be true. It seems too good to be true, but you look know. how good we feel. We just did the sauna. Yeah. I just jumped in the ice bath. We, we did some breathing. Bit. I mean, like... We I did some dabs. Yeah, we did some Not dabs. like weed dabs, yeah, but like fist yeah, bumps. Yeah, fist bumps. We were yeah. happy. But I'll tell you right now, my digestive system feels good. <laughs> you know, like, it, what's going on? So there's something... There's these there's these processes in our body that are that goes, hey... I've evolved with this, these type of things. So yeah. how do we stress our bodies in those ways? I think it's interesting how some people have like this iron gut where it's like, oh, you just put anything inside me, I'll figure it out. It's all yeah. good. And yeah. then, some, then there's other people that are just like anything. Oh, there was, a, I think there was gluten in the air. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what is the difference between, is that just a purely genetic thing or is there some type of way that you can kind of like nurture the, the terrain of your intestines? We can try. But th the thing is when we're young, we're sort of, 
building up that population already. Mm-hmm. For example, let's take my dad. He grew up in Ecuador on a farm, right? He played You're Ecuadorian. Yeah, half Ecuadorian. Papooses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, Papooses is is El Salvador, Ecuador. What's El Ecuador? What's an Ecuadorian? They eat guinea pigs. Oh yeah, cuckooey. Cuckooey, which, yeah. cra- which is crazy. I never did. Yeah, that's very delicious. Yeah, that's de- you uh, never yeah. did. It's I'm a delicacy. Vegan. I don't eat uh, animals. Zero percent. Zero percent. Not even a, a, yeah. a guinea pig. Yeah, not even a guinea pig in Ecuador. And my dad, he told me he ate it growing up, and then one time he saw it whole, and he was like, "Hell no." Yeah, no. and he never ate you know, it again. People just they like they they raise him up in their house. They got him in like the cage, and it's like for that special occasion. If anybody invites, him, I might be saying it wrong at this point. I was I was in Ecuador a while ago, but cuckooey, cuckooey. I think it's Kui. 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 Yeah. It's just C U I? It's C U E Y. I think. There's like a couple. Anyway, so if they invite you in to eat some of their guinea pig, it's like a very big deal. Yeah. And if you say no, then it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like a bummer. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly was in Ecuador and they were like, how do we cook for you? I was like, right. I'll just eat that plantain. It's fine. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, if you say I'm vegetarian, they're like, okay, we'll just give you chicken. It's oh, fine. Now imagine doing, that, <laughs> imagine doing that with a Puerto Rican family. You know, like it's the same thing. But yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad grew up on a farm and he was playing Indians and Cowboys. He had horses. Like, And this man has a steel gut. You know, his microbiome must be variable with so many species, right? Assimilated to all these different types of foods. He can eat food that's moldy and be completely fine. Whereas someone like me who was treated with antibiotics so many times when I was young because I was persistently sick and we didn't have much nature. I grew up in Queens, New York. You know, we had a lot of blacktop and, you know, basketball courts, but I didn't, I didn't have much access to that. And, and taking all these antibiotics has certainly made a shift in my microbiome. Um, so it's, it's really that terrain. Can we maximize what we have? Yeah, hell yeah, right? We do that with prebiotics, the importance of fiber, which is taken away by so many communities, even vegan community, even keto, even paleo. We all take away the importance of fiber. We need to add in fiber because that's what's feeding those good guys for us. Where's the prebiotics and something like chicory root and like what are, what are asparagus, onions, garlic? Did I make up the chicory thing? No, chicory like root. No, chicory root is is major. Yeah, chicory? dandelion root. No, chicory. Oh, chicory. Dandelion yeah, yeah. root. They're they're dense in probiotics. Yeah, like, that's good stuff. can we integrate at least two servings of probiotics a day? Just think about it that and way. And that's literally food for our bugs. Yeah, they literally break down, and then when they get to our uh, our colon, our bugs go. It's a party, basically. They go, yes, it's a buffet. Like, we've been waiting for this. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for stop eating those Snickers. Thank you for stop eating those, the white rice bowl or the sushi. You know, we have, here we have prebiotics and this is what we need more of. That's why I talk about fiber nutritionally so much. And your bacteria is in large part what's actually creating nutrients, assimilatable nutrients Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. We don't even know how comprehensive the microbiome is. You know, remember when we were talking on our podcast about what is really controlling our thoughts and decisions? What's a driver? Yeah, toxoplasmosis. Yeah, is it it these bugs? off cliffs on motorcycles. Right? So we don't know, right? (laughs) Um, But but we certainly have an immense amount of probiotics or or bugs, right? We are sort of animated by these guys um, or a soul. Well, they say we're only a tenth human and we're 90% crazy, which is just ridiculous to say because it's just that you just are bugs. So we are bugs. You're human. You're just bugs. Yeah. So are we? Even the tenth is really more alien than the bugs. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) So, um, so it's a matter of like paying close attention because we know that it helps with your immune system. We know that it helps with, it helps you with your bowels. We know that it helps synthesize certain uh, vitamins 
Okay, that's great. That's all great and good. But now we're seeing some connection in the mood, the way, you know, the access between our gut and our brain, right? We're seeing things with weight loss, uh, modulating weight loss for people. So the bigger picture is, are we disrupting these buggers? Are we, or are we feeding them and giving them love, right? Mm. Some, like sometimes I'll be like, when I used to do pediatrics, I'm like, you have all these like really good pets in your stomach. You need to give them good food. Otherwise they get, you know, they get skinny and they pass away. So I go, oh, okay, yeah. So they at least understanding that we have to have a relationship with our digestive system. Most of health come is coming from there anyway. What about fecal transplants? They work. They yeah. work, but they have to be done well. Um, I actually... Is that the same as tossing somebody's salad? No, it won't work the same, work the same way. way. Although you might get some different probiotics. You're tossing. Right, you can't. So it says science. You know, let me say a side note. This is pretty funny. <laughs> I was just talking to someone this weekend, and she was telling me when up to when she was 16, she thought tossing someone's salad meant. <laughs> She thought tossing someone's salad meant like really confusing them. So there's one time she comes home and she's like, <laughs> so tossing my salad. Yeah, yeah. She's like, Mom, you should have seen I was tossing everyone's salad. No one knew what I was talking about. And her mom's like, Don't say that anymore. <laughs> so, good. yeah. So it's not the so same. It doesn't work the same way. It no. You can't no, you can't. No, you can't. It's, it's a little different. No, 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 no. Wow, the, we had uh, Dr. Mary Pardee on my show, on the Heal Thyself show, and she spoke about fecal transplants. So, we know that it is more effective uh, on the short term and long term than antibiotics when it comes to the treatment of something called C. diff. This, this is a, uh, basically an infection that people get hospitalized for. It's pretty aggressive. Mm. Um, so the efficacy is very close to antibiotics, but it's much better when it comes to relapses of the C. diff. So more and more, it, it's, it's, it's becoming really, really popular throughout the country. When I was in my residency and I was doing the GI rotation, that doctor was really into fecal transplants. Now, you have to have a healthy donor. Sounds like a fetish. It is, right? She was really into she fecal <laughs> transplants. <laughs> like, I've never seen someone so into it. Um, but but, but, but it's, it's going to be so important to get a healthy donor. Yeah. Healthy donor has to be mentally healthy, because remember I talk about gut-brain connection, and physically healthy. Yeah. So, um, you'd be a good donor. You should sell your poop. And, uh, yeah, was there good money in, in the poop business? I, I haven't seen. I don't know. But yeah, maybe there is. I yeah. wish I could sell eggs. That's where the money's at. That, that's where the money's at. No it one certainly shit is. About semen. No, no. <laughs> it, no one does. Love Not that. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. That the the fecal transplants is something to really look into. I think it changes it's people's mood. Changes it, people's. It people, can. There, I heard a story of um, there was. I don't remember the specific details, but essentially it was like, you know, they had to be like close relatives. It was like cousins or something like that. Yeah. One was really overweight and the other one was like this marathon athlete person. They did a switch. I don't remember the specific reason why they did that, but essentially what they found was the, um, I think it was the athlete person got the overweight person's uh -huh. fecal transplant. I'm pretty uh -huh. sure. And she just became, you know, overweight it, and like all this stuff. Isn't that crazy? Like, she like took on her traits. Yeah. So that's what I, that's happens what I'm with, with, yeah. with mood in relation to like depression, happiness as well. Hell yeah. That's why I said mentally stable and they have to be screened. And there's a lot of companies out there that not, aren't properly screening. So there has to be a proper screening process going because it can certainly at, theoretically or what we see actually clinically, like or you, what you was talking about, and I was talking about with the GI doctor on the show, yeah. is that it can change your mood, right? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So we're getting impacted. We're breathing shit particles in all day, though, right? Oh yeah, all, all day. So we, how do you? So how does one need to ingest the shit particles in order for it to be like a proper fecal transplant? That's that. 
it's ca- it, it can be in a capsule or it can go the other way like an enema. Okay. Yeah. So you got to swallow it. Yeah, you Tossing can. Tossing salad's not going to work. Tossing like salad's not going to. You need. You need exactly. Yeah, exactly. A protective capsule to release it exactly where it needs to be released. Wow. Um, yeah, it it's a process. And then the poo diffuses through your intestines mm-hmm. and like becomes a part of your your guts at that point. So it's like it's sort of like it's you, like new roommates. Yeah, I- exactly. It's you know, like you're like, like okay, here's the guys. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of. Yeah. skin's kind of an asshole. He stays up really late. Circadian rim's all fucked up. Exactly. Like they'll integrate and start to menstruate together. It's literally new roommates. Like you have, <laughs> you have your college and then the, the freshmen come in and they're just like populating That's the whole college, right? And you're like, I could, I could be cool with this guy. So are you ever not re-inoculating like, yourself or integrating roommates into your system? I mean, you'd be doing that every time you wake up, every I, time you take a breath, right? So I, well, look, there's, it's so, there's a sophisticated symphony with our environment, yeah. right? You, you can't measure everything. You, you, it's not, it's not it, there's so much more going on than we think. Well, we're not a, con- we're not we're not a, a container. container. It's not a vacuum, exactly. No. Yeah, it's impossible. But we do know that one of the major, like I, like I said before, one of the major influencers is the prebiotics. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to give love to those good bacteria, what you have, then yes. If you have a process going on in your digestive system and you're not getting better and it's getting worse and worse and worse, or you're having recurrent infections, then certainly a fecal transplant could be something that you could look into. You just have to get with the right people. Where, at what point does the mind affect your bacteria? It can. It certainly can. talking about can. the bacteria effect in the mind, like bottom up. It's is an access. Is there a top down? Yeah, it's an access. Yeah, it goes, it goes around. Like we can, if there's exercises that we can do literally that can help people with that connection with the vagus nerve that can help people relax their digestive system. Hmm. Just, just a meditation will get someone pooping. I I, I, I always tell this story. I had a patient once. she came to me and she goes, Dr. G, I can't poop. I haven't pooped in a week and it's been going on. I've been going like once a week for the past two years, two and a half years ago, two years, two and a half years. What happened two years ago? And she couldn't, she couldn't really pinpoint it. She didn't, she didn't tell me everything. Then she's like, hey, Dr. G, I'm pooping again. I go, what happened? She goes, I broke up with my boyfriend, mm. right? Like that external stress. Yeah, contracting. I, of course, exactly. Holding her breath, contracting her what nerves, about, her nervous system, sympathetic. What about you talked about growing up in, or, or you didn't grow up in Latin America. You grew up in New York? In New York, yeah. yeah. New York, New Jersey. Pennsylvania. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, Pennsylvania. I'm working on being more proud from being from Pennsylvania. Yeah, actually. I yeah. think that's an interesting thing of not... I moved to Hawaii when I was 18, and it was like I was kind of like screw Pennsylvania. That place is, you know, kind of boring. Whack, yeah. yeah. Where, what part? Lancaster. Oh, Lancaster. Lanc- oh, you were there, huh? I was in it. Okay, you were yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Hershey Park area. <laughs> Hershey Park. Yeah, yeah man. The the bear. That was my favorite role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that there's actually something to having shame of where one grows up, as opposed to embracing that as being like so perfectly unique and valuable because it, it literally is you. Yeah. And so I had this realization recently in the last like month or two or something like that of like, huh, I've been like for the last like decade, I've been like almost, you know, I would, when I'd say I'm from Pennsylvania, I'd always have that same reaction that I just did like, wow, whatever. It's, you know, just, but, yeah. But it's like, no, fuck that. Like Pens- Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? You're right. Like that, you had that, that environment. It's a part of you. Yeah. That it environment you. helped build your digestive system, right? Yeah, man. Like you were, right. think about it. Like I talk a lot about environmental medicine, environmental toxins, like 
you were growing up around the same time in Pennsylvania as I was growing up in Queens, New York. Right. We were getting exposed to very different influences in our body, right? You had more farmland over there, mm-hmm. right? Maybe maybe more pesticides, but I certainly had the Long Island Expressway right outside of my place. I had a bunch of pollution and smog. Like we have to think about like we are the environment that we grew up in. But then within that, you become more sensitive to different uh, things different things yeah. yeah so you're like your nervous system is more responsive to potential threats yeah so you yeah. know if you were if i was walking down the street in ecuador or whatever i'd probably be like this garage sale yeah you know whereas you walk down you look all sly and cool right like, right I know where I'm at. yeah exactly <laughs> it, so yeah so it's like let's let's make peace people with where we are from yeah you know, you know and appreciate it and send some love to it you had does one always have epstein bar what is that well, yeah, I, I, I had it in, uh, in college. So, look, you can put it into remission, but viruses tend to just always hang out, especially in your nerves, right? They're just, they're just hanging out until you're stressed again. Yeah. So there, you, there can be a reactivation of the Epstein-Barr. What is it? Epstein-Barr is a virus. And it's, um, it's you know, mono, mono right? yeah, you it's know, like, like remember the kissing disease, yeah, right. you know, so when you were younger, they told you, so it's usually transmitted through saliva. Um, but it, it's like, it's like, you know, when you're hungover and you didn't sleep at all and your body hurts and you're dehydrated and you're dragging because your feet feel like lead, yeah. that's sort of like how someone feels all the time. Mm. And when I was in med school, one of my classmates had it for three months. We saw him a few times and I got it. And I promise you, I wasn't kissing anyone, oh. but I don't know how I got it. But it, it, it really put me out for the count for a long time too. went away and then it recurred after so much stress last year, just moving stress, you know, like work and all that stuff. But then it, it hit me, but we, you know, we also have the power to do so much. So I was like, all right, I was a student in the beginning. Now I'm a teacher in many ways. So like, let me put it all to the test, man. I was outside. I was in the ocean. I was in the sun. I was eating prebiotics. I was, um, taking some strong herbs, you know, that, that, that we, we have for that. And exercising and sweating as much as I can. I was at the time I didn't have a sauna, but I was going to the sauna, IR sauna all the time and sweating it out. And it was a quarter of the time that I that I suffered with it. Hmm. It never came back. Hmm. I always wonder what the when people suffer from some form of like a disease. Um, I think oftentimes that is a, a symptom of some deeper like emotional unrest. You know, and we we like to. I think it's easier to put it as like, like I was doing a thing, I was doing like acro yoga lessons thing with a person today and they're like, oh, it's like, it's harder for me because I have a scoliosis and I have like a, you know, excessive lumbar lordosis mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I have this thing. It's a thing that's, that's on me. It's like a parasite. It's on mm-hmm. me as opposed to it being something that I've patterned myself mm-hmm. over, you know, repetitions over and over again and living my life. Yeah. Um, I wonder with like, something like an Epstein bar, for example, is there any kind of like emotional component to the production of that? It's, look, we are the mind. We are the body, right? And yeah. all, all disease, we have to first, very first and foremost, look at what is going on mentally, emotionally, right? Are you holding things in? Are you happy with your job? Like what's going on deeper? Then we, then we look into the physical body. Cause you're right. The physical body is just a manifestation. It's sort of like the end point of the process that's been going on. Yeah. Um, but but when it comes to, I mean, this is now we're getting into Joe Dispenza territory, right? Like mm-hmm. our thoughts can actually control a lot. So I'm not saying like you're diagnosed with cancer, go into your room and meditate the whole time. That's going to be amazing for you. But 
I can't say clinically. Yeah. See shamans in Peru yeah. and eat ayahuasca and whatnot, and they come back and right. know, it works a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah. It's like, I, is that the ayahuasca or is the fact that you had a pattern interrupt? Yeah. So clinically, I can't just be like, that's going to work. But certainly, you have to do that. You know, like, from, and I do oncology more than anything. And I have this pie that I draw. And a big piece of the pie is mental, emotional, like suppression of of everything, traumas, emo- big traumas, little traumas, all of that stuff that you're holding in has to be addressed. If you're diagnosed with cancer and you're just getting chemo, radiation, and surgery, yeah. and you're doing it wrong, you need more, Fuck. right? So that's sort of my what I've what I've done with my career is teaching people. All right, well, let's think nutritionally. Let's think environmental medicine. Let's test for these things first and foremost. But then I'm going to send you to my guy in San Diego. He's going to do some deep emotional work. You're gonna, you might cry, you might puke, you might burp, whatever it is. But stuff is going to come out, you know. And I'm not opposed to all of that stuff. I'm actually a big proponent of plant medicine um, because, at the very least, folks who are at the end of their life can make peace with it. Right. Yeah. When you see your reality, your truth. Yeah, psilocybin's been shown to be really helpful with that. Yeah. And and I've 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 talked to and spoke with I had dinner with Rick Doblin years ago from cool. Maps. He's been on here. Yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah. I need to get him on my show. Yeah, then. yeah, he's great. Yeah. So um but but that when he just for first started doing the double blind study. So look, the consciousness of us as doctors, hopefully knock on wood is changing. Certainly for the holistic community conventionally, let's see. But for the people, oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. We're looking for more. Mm. And um, there's a mental-emotional component. It's my favorite part of medicine, mental-emotional stuff, consciousness. Have you heard that with, with breast cancer? There's the consistency of women kind of like continuing to be helping and supporting others, but not necessarily feeding back into themselves. Have you heard that? Like, Sometimes. I, I that heard, some bullshit? I don't no, know. no. I, at this point in my career, I don't write off anything. Yeah. If, I hear, if I hear someone tell me something, I'll look into it for sure. But I, I will never say you're wrong because I only know, and this is never seen on studies, how the hell are you going to measure that? Yeah. You know? But I've heard something along the lines of like women losing a child or a kid going to school or something, that, sort of like that nurturing. I mean, it's, it's symbolic of mom, right? Milk feeding. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe a disruption in that. There's, I believe in energetics. We are energy. How the hell are we going to look past so what it? what causes cancer? Why is that such a Ooh. tough nut to crack? This is the most loaded question I think I've got on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it, well, it's multifactorial. We cannot say that just because you didn't eat apples all your life, you got cancer. Yep. That would be wrong. Right. Two apples a day. Two apples a day. <laughs> Conversely, we can't say what conventional medicine is saying and saying, oh, it was just genetic because that's wrong too. It's not just genetic. It's 5 to 10% genetic. The rest is the epigenetics part. And we love Bruce, Bruce Lipton, you and I. We talked about this. Yeah. But... It, it's multifactorial. There's a nutrition component. There's an infection component. There's, and not for everyone, it, it's a combination of each. Inflammatory component. There's a in balance of insulin in the body component. And there's certainly, the most intriguing one for me is the environmental, right? Environmental medicine. What were you exposed to mold, formaldehyde all your life? Occupationally, what were you exposed to? We can measure that. We can see it in the urine. Does your genetic makeup are you more sensitive to styrene, the chemical, whereas I can metabolize it way easier? Um, or am I more sensitive to benzene, but you metabolize it much easier? Because both really lead to cancer, right? So if we're building up in the body, so that's, that's, that's really an intricate part of that, uh, the environmental medicine part. And then certainly we is the whole energetic, emotional traumas, suppression, all of that crazy stuff that we love, yeah. but is sort of sort of like 
poo-pooed away from conventional medicine as woo-woo uh, is, is one of the most important, if not the most important part of cancer medicine. I wonder what, like, I've experienced this of being trained into being victimizing myself because I've been rewarded with that translates to care, mm-hmm. you know, or love or mm-hmm. appreciation or acknowledgement. Um, whereas if you take yourself out of that victim place, then you're like, Oh, like maybe I'll be out on my own at that point. Yeah. And so kind of like, I've, I've just noticed that, that trend throughout my life, like having fear of leaving victimhood. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that could potentially lead into some degree of like a sickness manifesting. If like, maybe. Oh, this puts me extra victim. I'm not, not putting that on cancer in general, but just as a general thing. Yeah. And, 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 and this, and I, I certainly never write off. If someone comes in and they have physical symptoms, they just go, Dr. Gonzalez, you don't know. I, I have these digestive issues and then I have anxiety attacks or I faint all the time. I have pan- like panic attack. I, I get it. I get it. But I always want to submit. I, me as a doctor, I will never just do the physical part and ignore everything else. So I always submit once I, you know, tell them we do all the studies, like what they came for, right? Like the real doctor stuff, right? Yeah. But then I always submit the really important stuff, the, impo- the stuff that's important for me to tell the patient. And what that is, is saying, all right, like, what is your mental mind throughout life like what has been your mental chatter what is the theme what is the story what's your relation to yourself to your mom to your dad to your siblings to your friends to the world outside of you what is that and has it been serving you and is there an alarm part of it right because what's to say that someone who has continuous spells of anxiety um, didn't grow up being rewarded for being the victim when they were kids Right. And it's just and they forgot it. They grew up. Right. They matured. They let that go. They think. But it's just a story that's still in them, at least in their subconscious or stuck in their body. And then it's coming out and, you know, they're getting rewarded in different ways. Right. Maybe with their partner now instead of their mom. Now it's with their partner. And they go, honey, I'm just so anxious. I don't don't know why this is happening to me all the time. And then they're they're getting rewarded. So it's that's the hardest part of medicine is to teach people what their stories are. It's the craziest part of medicine right. too, yeah. But you gotta be able to step outside, be able to have your meta story, be able to witness. Yeah, what I've been telling myself. I wonder, like, like you were. Um, I have all the things. You have all the things. We have herpes and cancer. Yeah, it's all in there. It's all there. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> it's just a matter of which it expresses. Yeah, based off of your everything your story everything yeah it's like your environment it, which it, is a part of your story it's crazy it's crazy to think we 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 catch a cold i'm like no that cold's been there you know there's there's trillions and trillions and it's a symphony right it's it's supposed to be a perfection but when we eat like shit we have this crazy mental chatter we're in a terrible environment we're disconnected from nature then there's that imbalance happening and then we go oh no i caught a cold no, you've had that cold. You know, it's just being expressed. Oh, no, I've I caught cancer. No, that your body created that cancer for a very particular reason. So I think we have to learn in medicine to everyone. Naturopathic doctors, chiropractors, functional doctors, MDs, NDs, DOs, everyone needs to understand better how we work with the body rather than thinking we're smarter than it yeah. and going, I'm going to outsmart the body right now because yeah. we can put that stuff under the rug and then it comes back later as something else. So that's the most important part I think as practitioners that we can do. But as a community, man, we need to get back to nature. We need to talk to each other. We need to have a sense of purpose. You know, people who have a sense of purpose do better, have less 
sickness. There's even you can look up studies about that. They go to the doctor less. Yeah. Um, what are we here for? We align with our soul's purpose. Yeah. What is it? Do you even know what it is? How do we get in touch with that? So that's the whole consciousness part that people need to really put weight on. Yeah, I think just getting your story right is such a big deal. Like there is, um, oh, I had her on the podcast. She's one. She's like a superstar in the in the world of psychology. She did a thing called the the maids study. Her name's gonna pop up in my mind. Um, and she told a bunch of maids. She had two groups of maids. One group, they just let them go about their business, cleaning up the rooms, vacuuming all the stuff. The other group, she told the maids that she is embarrassing because she's been on the damn podcast. But anyway, she she told them like, wow, you're like burning all these calories and you're like hinging your hips and activating yeah. your glutes yeah. and you're like, you're like, you're this, your job is exercise. You're fully exercising. Yeah. And then what she found after that was there was a significant change in the group that was mm-hmm. told they were exercised. All of yep. a sudden, they started burning more more fat, and they gained muscle, and their everything went up in a good way. It's true. It's it's literally so true. You the power. So you change the story, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm killing it. So now, exactly. <laughs> Versus like, I'm just some slave just sweeping away. Exactly. So now imagine people who wake up and they're like, oh, this goddamn alarm. Oh, okay, I'm going to get yeah. up. Drag themselves to the kitchen. Drag themselves to the car. Drag themselves to work. Imagine what that does to their psyche. Now imagine people who are aligned with their purpose. They feel good, right? They look good. They're, they're mentally radiating. It's those folks. I bet you those maids who did that workout, when they went out into the world, they were rating something that reminded us of something deeper within ourselves. And yep. we're like, I want what she has or yep. he has, you know? And um, can we do more of that, right? Yep. Can we teach each other how to be? The power of suggestion is huge. It's That's the time. whole placebo thing, right? Placebo is real. She did another thing. Uh, she has a book. We got to look this up. It's called Counterclockwise. Okay. And she did another thing where she brought a bunch of old folks and into this specific home as a part of this research study. And she reversed the clock back. I think it was maybe 25 years, 30 years yeah. or something. And she had all the same newspapers from that time. She had the football game up, yeah. the president yeah. talking on the TV. Oh, and that's whatnot. so cool. And same shit. All of a sudden she found these people regress back to their 25 year old younger self and their, their fingers got longer and their vision got better. And that's amazing. So if we play right, this story, mm-hmm. you know, if you get involved in your own story, yeah. like you can weave your tail. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's seems. all up to, it's a lot of responsibility, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have to be the master of our own stories. Yeah. And, and wow, that's crazy to hear that. But I, but I feel it because like, Remember when you were listening to songs in that time in college when you were really vibrant? I mean, in me, it was sometimes I think like, oh, yeah, you know, I I was really like out there, you know, working out, running around. Like I had all this quote unquote time on my hands. Mm -hmm. I hear those songs and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel good. It's still in it. it. Like it it brings you back and it's always will be in you that that memory. Yeah. Um, So can we tap into that? Yeah. What surprised you in the world of oncology? What surprised me in the world of oncology is how short-sighted conventional oncology is. But what I mean by short-sighted is that (laughs) when I was in my residency, I was like, that's it? Like, there's nothing on the scan, and then they're going to go home and go back to doing what they were doing? (laughs) (laughs) You mean the mold that created the cancer, right? They're going to go back into that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Press them back. (laughs) They go, yeah, and I've, I've been there. They're like, there's nothing on your scans. You're healthy. Go back and live your life. I said... Oh, okay. Um, so the minute I was out of that residency, I I created like a program to for people who are done for what to do in their lives after. Because 
what happens is that's that's the oncology story you go home you live your life knock on wood everything's good for the first year maybe even the second year but then it comes back way more aggressive right because of the chemo and i'm not saying i'm not against chemo i'm not against chemo when it there's a time and place for it i also think that's overused too but still when is the time and place you, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, but that's no, no, an no. Interesting, it's a, yeah. it's a, another like very charged. Question. Well, well, look. If we find a, uh, a cancer in in what they call in situ, right? When it's basically not a full blown cancer, it's like a stage zero. Many many times we'll see that cancer being treated with radiation, good surgery, uh, chemotherapy, yeah. right? Really aggressive when that might have never even became cancer. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Exactly. So that's why doctors. Oh, what is the term? There's a ah, oh, but we're going to going to a doctor creating a disease essentially. Yeah, I because mean, because they have all these instruments and tools to find the thing, and yeah. then we find it. Now we're attacking this thing, and it, it becomes this whole. Because that's the only tools they have. Yeah. That's the only tools they have. Right. Yeah. What they were. What what purposefully has been taught to them. Yeah. And and but then in the meantime there is a time and place because if i have a cancer in my pancreas and it's impinging in my spleen and impinging in my stomach and pushing on my ribs i certainly and all that's going to go down the down the drain anytime soon i certainly need to get aggressive treatment for that right but there is like when you go down the conventional route it's only 25% of what someone needs to do you're lucky you are lucky if you get conventional treatment and then you are without cancer ever again few and far between are folks getting conventional treatment and going oh i had conventional treatment 25 30 years ago nowadays there needs to be a lot more there needs to be programs set for people nutritionally environmental medicine inflammation insulin infections everything that has to do with why cancer was created in the body we have to address that, right? We have the field and you got all the weeds and conventional medicine is the best at burning it with radiation and throwing chemicals at it with chemo and cutting the weeds with surgery. Yeah. And then the picture that we get when it's done is a field with no weeds, right? Sometimes no grass too, right? Because it's really aggressive stuff. But they go, look, the field's fine. And then we expect the weeds never to grow. We don't even touch the soil. What's the value of cancer? Like what's the part? Like sometimes I ask that with like mosquitoes. I'm like fucking mosquitoes, man. Yeah. Why we, like what's purpose. the value? There, there, so there's a purpose of cancer. Yeah, of, uh, there certainly is. Um, the way, the what I've seen clinically, is I've seen cancer at least in one patient. I've seen in few, but certainly in one, that cancer was holding in a lot of these environmental toxins, particularly for her. She had, and look, people have tattoos from finger to toe and everywhere in between under their arms and they're fine because genetically they're fine. But this young girl wasn't fine. Right. And then she worked in the, in the, she in the salon. Right. So she was dying hair over and over spraying all that crap, breathing it in. Under so artificial lights under artificial light. Exactly. Wasn't working out. Around, ate like crap around toxic conversations. Yeah. People dumping their emotional shit on top of that person. She might it, every day, em, like an empath of sorts. And every she's day. Like carrying you it. See, now you're getting it. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And then, and then eating like crap. And then she has, a, she had a stressful, um, ex-boyfriend or baby's father. Um, and this was this was the perfect storm for this particular woman, right? Every case is different, but what I do know is that that tumor was holding in all of that crap, mm. Partic- because when we did all these toxin testing, it was through the roof, 99 percentile, 99 percentile, everything, everything, everything. Um, but I've seen, I've met, I've read many case reports, and look, 
is there ever going to be a double blind study on this type of stuff? Probably not, you know, but clinically when you see the power of how things work, it's a different story, right? So why cancer? I think the body has a very sophisticated way of creating cancer. There's different theories out there. One of them is based on our body reverting to an ancient default program, right? Like um, sort of how we evolved when we were primitive, that we have this default program that creates this cancer to protect us when everything is out of whack. So it's like sort of our computer, right? Mm. We have all of this shit on our computer. We got all these games. We're downloading all these games. There's porn on the computer, all these viruses. And then all of a sudden the computer goes, all right, I'm going to shut down and I'm going to go back into just default mode. So all you can do is open up Word and that's it or mm. open up the desktop. So there, there, there's actually a, a whole theory beyond this, and I, I find that super intriguing. We don't know. We don't know the exact cause, the exact all the causes or what happens in the body, but I do certainly think that cancer is a mechanism within the body that is intelligent. Why it's created, we don't know. Mm. Yeah, cancer is crazy. It's the, craziest, it's the craziest disease of all. And, of course, I jumped into it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a cure? Is that a stupid word? Well, I don't think a cure is ever, ever going to come in a medication. I don't think. I don't right. think because the more we try to target this, the more that something else happens, right? There's never going to be, I don't believe there's ever going to be a perfect cure in the form of a chemotherapy. A chemotherapy is so powerful, but it's like shooting an atomic bomb when you see a deadly ant in the woods right. and, ta and the whole woods is demolished. Um, and then you have things like immunotherapy, which are great because they, they work with the immune system, which is a really good step in the right direction. But then in the meantime, the side effects are so nasty. Yeah. Is it like a fungus in the sense that they are, I, 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 my, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know anything about a lot of things, but this is part of it. The, with the, it's so similar to human DNA that it's hard to pinpoint it throughout the body. So in order to kill the specific thing, um, the intruder because it's so similar to, to, to human, mm -hmm. you end up like killing all of it. Is this cancer like clever in that, that it can kind of it like mask is, is being like, I'm a part of you, I am you. Oh yeah, there's, we know, that's for sure. Across all disciplines, we know that cancer can cloak itself, right? It can evade the immune system. Right. But the question is, why is it evading Crazy. the immune system? Does it, is it because it's an enemy evading the immune system? How does it cloak itself? Uh, okay, well, there's, <laughs> di there's different like proteins that, that, that it, it, it's shooting out and it's saying, hey, look, I'm hiding. It's like camouflage mode. Damn. You know, but we it wants to survive. Yeah, but we also see that in yeast and we also see that in fungus, right? They do, you have think these it, it, do you think it wants to help you? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, like, <laughs> what, what, like we have to think deeper in, in medicine. I trust me look i practice very much so evidence-based like i will read studies and i will not give anything to people because i I'm, I'm a conservative practice yeah. with, with all of that but i certainly know for a fact there's a need for everything else in medicine we we can do so much better with cancer so much better we are only doing 20 percent good we need to do way better in cancer care so the other you know let's say 60 70 percent i'm trying to do too I, that's why I say it. what you're what you're telling me. It always gets my gears going because I'm like I'm open to whatever the universe is influencing me with to to go. All right, I, I, you know, let me look into that. You know, yep. because maybe I'm learning something from someone. Maybe you heard it from a shaman in Ecuador. Well, how can I write off a shaman in Ecuador because there's no double blind placebo control study right. that was done in the middle of the jungle? How do I not know that that person isn't better equipped than any oncologist in the world? Again, I'm taking it with disclaimer. I'm not saying I'm not saying. If you're diagnosed with cancer, don't go conventional route. 
I'm protecting my butt too. But I am saying pay close attention to everything else that has to do with that soil and the weeds. Are there some, we'll wrap up here soon. Are there some standout need to knows as far as buying consumer products such as deodorants, perfumes, toothpaste? Is there some way to like, how do we weed through that without spending $14 for every product? Yeah. I mean, look, the, for some people, especially women. Or maybe we need to spend, I mean, for, we need to spend on product. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but, but they, especially for women with, with makeup, it's difficult to do that transition, yeah. you know, but cleaning products are so quick that you can do that in your house, right? Uh, I speak about the environmental working group so much because they have a skin deep database or even the Think Dirty app. You can know now, you know, with an illustration or a graph or infographic, whatever it is, how, what's the quality of the stuff you have in your home, right? So right now at this point, we have no excuse to take that extra step. Then we'll get a big list and we'll go, oh, you know, this one, let me see how much it is. Oh, within my finance or my budget, I can get this one, I can get this one. Because now the demand is going up, they're producing so much more that things are getting cheaper. Back like 10 years ago, you know, to get, and deodorants are more expensive, relatively speaking, than, you know, the conventional ones, but they were way more expensive. They were way more expensive, the cleaning supplies, the the the, the, sh- the shampoos, but now there's more companies trying to get a little piece of that pie now. Yeah. So we can do better, but just cross-reference everything you use with the Environmental Working Group, because right now they're the leaders in environmental medicine right now. So... We can do it, and we can do better um, with whatever you choose, whatever personal care products. So, what about so? What are the what main? So, there's like glyphosate and phthalates, 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 and mm-hmm. plastic particles mm-hmm. get in your water and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What are some like the standout like users manual 101 with buying products that stuff that we want to avoid users 101 try to get organic when you can. The label is far from perfect, but certainly the label is a better standardization that tells people at least on on paper that there's no glyphosate in it but not only glyphosate other pesticides other herbicides right antibiotics irradiation sewer sludge all of this stuff that shouldn't be in food in the first place which i don't even know why it's there still now we know okay it's not in there again far from perfect better than that is developing a relationship with someone in your farmer's market and going hey You know, hey, Joe and Cindy, what's your farm about? And then if they're proud to tell you, they go, no, come visit. We'll sh- I'll show you everything. Then you've, de- you've come closer to your food source. And if you can't afford all organic, then, you know, just look in the Clean 15 Dirty Dozen by Environmental Working Group. And then you know the exact 12 foods that have to be organic, but then the Clean 15, the other ones that don't need to be. Okay. So then you're putting yourself in a better place. That's a powerful resource. Cross-reference with the Think dirty app or the skin deep on the environmental working group all the stuff that you're using that you want to make a change for um those are those are those are major ones now one thing i will say and usda organic does not always mean no heavy metals you can find heavy metals in food um heavy metals are an issue they are real and they cause a lot of issues and they can lead to cancer so 101 is find yourself a functional doctor find yourself a naturopathic doctor or an integrative doctor or practitioner who can run tests on you, right? And my thing is like, you're a healthy guy, but say you came to me, we'll do a nutritional tests. We want to see where you're nutritionally at. Well, we, what can you use more for? Maybe you could just eat some more magnesium. So maybe take in some more, some more magnesium. I my pants on magnesium for a week. I'm good. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> but, but you know, like maybe, maybe we can see, we can personalize a little bit more environmental toxin tests. You have, everyone has to take that because if we're, 
exposed to something and it's 99 percentile, that has to be removed. And we have to find out why. Consequently, maybe you could just get a really good air purifier or something like that. And then a heavy metal test would be really important. Do we need shower filters? I mean, theoretically, or actually not even theoretically, we know that the chlorine is a major issue, especially when you're taking a hot you're shower. A hot yeah, when you're taking a hot steering one. Yeah, it's exactly. We, we absorb, certainly in the shower. I don't have one. I, I have a water filter. And, uh, you know, maybe I should get a shower filter, but, you know, I just never got one. But um, water filter is so important. You're ingesting this every single day. I drink a lot of water. So why not get a high-quality water filter that removes fluoride, number one, antibiotics, hormones, antidepressants, all that crap that's in our water, which shouldn't be there anyway. Is but reverse osmosis? That's a great one. Yeah, reverse osmosis will do it. I have a Berkey water filter, which is cheaper than reverse osmosis and pretty much does the same thing. My final curiosity, prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. Do we need to be putting stuff in our butt to sort to, to perturbate the prostate to get like get like prostate massage we gotta go see a therapist oh, do we gotta like what do we gotta do to not get because apparently that's like you, you just get prostate cancer yeah right <laughs> yeah like, no <laughs> no you're like i don't stand for that <laughs> i right? don't stand for that <laughs> no i no. <laughs> the major the two major things is dairy right if you're having dairy all the time you got to cut that down that's one of the major interventions i make always for prostate cancer dairy 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 it shouldn't even be part of your diet or consistently or if ever so r- raw butter no no i'm talking i'm talking about like milk and che- especially cheese right pasteurize ch- more than raw or either or i, I would do more of the uh well that's a hard question I'm putting you on the- yeah that's that's a hard one <laughs> Let's let's get back to that one because I can't answer that. I want to answer all these questions like really on point for you. No, I appreciate it. Um, but but you know we have people drinking glasses of conventional milk on their cereal. Yeah, you know, I think that's the right decision. Eating eating cheese from Kraft, right? So we have to pay very close attention. If pour, pour it on their Kellogg's, which he was against girls having. He wanted to pour carbolic acid on, acid on girls' clitoris. Who did? Kellogg? Kellogg. Oh, yeah, God. Kellogg. Oh, God. He was a weird guy. He was a he weird guy. He wanted people to have uh, kids to, to put, it was like some type of device you'd put over your foreskin so that every time the penis would get erect, it would like create a lot of pain. It would go yeah. back into flaccid. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's the Kellogg I didn't know that. Flex. Yeah, he, that's the cornflakes. So cornflakes was to, was to lower people's libido. So if you eat like <laughs> junky, shitty food, you won't get hard-ons. That's very interesting. Science. I wonder what the <laughs> motivation, yeah, it's science, right? But like, if you have a history of prostate cancer or a family history of prostate cancer, pay very close attention to your ingestion of dairy. I'm realistic. I know people will still have dairy, right? So if, if there's the family history, please reduce that. That's number one. And then plastic. Plastates, uh, I'm sorry, plasticizers, phthalates, BPA, right? Super important. If, mm. if you're pre- if that's a driver of prostate and breast cancer. If you're drinking Dannon bottles every single day, that's a major issue. Whether or not you have prostate cancer family history or not, please don't drink plastic bottles. Please pay close attention to um, where you're getting your water from, right? That's why, the, like I said, the Berkey, and I make no money from it, I promise you, the stainless steel, it's stainless steel, right. and I have a steel spigot. So there's no plastic, and so much better than what we're doing Right, and then plasticizers. You, I mean, you can breathe it in. It's it's in you know new furniture that you're you're bringing in. So air quality, right? That's a lot. I give you a bonus. Air quality, really important in your home, right? Yeah. Are, are, is there is there air flow or do you have an air purifier or something, right? Because we got to think about eating, 
breathing and exposures. So uh, overall. With the, the plastic, the thing that we don't see, you know, because we see the Dasani bottle or whatever, and it's like nice and cold. And mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know, but before that, it was probably sitting under the sun in some yeah. hot spot. And essentially, you know, yeah. water's a solvent and it's sitting in there, essentially just making like a phthalate tea. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't say it right. Phthalate? Phthalates. Phthalate? No, you don't even have to do the, the, the just say F, like phthalates. Phthalate. Yeah, there you go. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's, I'll yeah. Yeah, but it, it's so important, right? Like we have to pay close attention to all these new things that are coming into our environment and what we're ingesting. and what. So think about hot, hot liquid, really, really cold, really acidic, really basic like milk. If that's touching plastic, it's leaching, period. Mm-hmm. Hot food that you're cooking, you know, you got something in a crock pot, you throw it in plastic, that's leaching. Right. So, you know, get yourself some glass bottles. Get your, I have a stainless steel or glass water bottle I use in my home. And... Um, and some some holders, right? Like if you have some, if you have plastic uh, Pyrexes, change that and just get glass ones. You know, that's easy interventions, cheap, yeah. but they go a really long way. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me. me. All these ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where should people go from here? Where do people learn more about your stuff? Oh yeah, so my Instagram is at doctor dot g at doctor g. There's an underscore somewhere there, but, but it's fine. You'll find it. And. Um, Heal Thyself is the podcast which you were just on. And um, man, I probably should get a website at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been, I've been five I years out of school. Goes to a yeah, anymore. no, really? Yeah. I feel like people are just going in and out of they social just media. Look at your Instagram yeah. Feed. It's, hey, listen, I haven't built one because Instagram has been That's like a website. Thing. So um, the issue with the Instagram or any social media platform is you don't own it. Oh. So literally, you could put your yeah. last decade yeah it's like it's my life's work yeah, and then it's, it's gone like sorry bitch we're done gone i'm out deleted yeah like, <laughs> like yeah no yeah i i, I know I, I'm, I'm sort of hedging my stuff so okay. but you can find me on there and look i'm talking everywhere like i'm on podcasts and i, I go on stage so like this is my it's my jam you know appreciate it man yeah thanks for having me thank you so much for doing it all right brother all right we'll have to keep on doing the cold plunge all right over now Pow. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I want to present y'all with a fun opportunity of starting a program that I created called the Align Method Online Program that focuses on unwinding the unsightly patterns of staring into technology, essentially. So forward head posture, roll forward shoulders, hyperkyphotic spine, disengage glutes, knees collapsing in. If there's collapse in any level in the body, it will trickle up and down through the rest of the system. That program focuses on unwinding those things, giving you self-care practices, movement practices, and lifestyle adjustments, very subtle ones, that will give y'all more flexibility, more strength, more confidence, more energy, all the good things. Um, And you can start the first week absolutely free and just go to alignpodcast.com slash align method, A-L-I-G-N method. Along with that guy, you will receive the Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band with a door anchor. And that also comes with its own online program that is free with that thing. Go to alignband.com and start that program for free. Um, I think that's it. I so greatly appreciate you guys listening to this conversation. So greatly appreciate reviews on iTunes, sharing uh, on the Instagrams or the Facebooks or wherever you do your shares. Uh, This program goes on lives on because of y'all so um it doesn't go unnoticed thank you for listening thank you for views thanks for joining your life enjoy